0: A secret impeachment inquiry on the President of the United States. That's not acceptable in the United States of America. They said, we can't
1: win this in the public eye, so we're going to take it behind closed doors. We have not
0: seen anything like this in almost 400 years. I think everything's a question of priorities. So
1: we actually have a crisis
2: of national security on the border. They need to set aside the politics and get to the policy of the issue. They're at a point, I believe, that they care more about watching. Our president failed. Instead, the Democrats have convened us once again to advance their
1: operation to topple a duly elected president.
3: Wasting all of this valuable time doing things that
2: do not increase the productivity of the economy. You know, we did nothing wrong and they're doing nothing. And the balls in Congress, are you going to approve, the SMCA? Where is the impeachable offense in that call? Shout it out. Anyone? How do you have a prosecution without a star witness? Oh, yeah. The evidence was not recognized. It's so bad what they do to our country. They rip the guts out of a country. Board government will suspend. This whole thing is a fairy tale. No, yes. not a proper point of order. The American public is then getting deceived. I'm Go. about to gavel you down. They gotta stop it.
3: Indulgence is wearing out. Because
2: so we have a country. To watch, <laughs> Democrats in Washington are trying to stop me. Because I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting for you. The Democrats are trying to overthrow the last election because they know they're not going to win the next election. That's all it is. I
1: think
4: everything's a question of priorities. They don't care about us.
2: They don't. They don't care. We have our priorities in the White House. We're fighting every day for the American worker. You're listening to WCT.fm
4: talk radio like no other. God, I love the station.
0: And good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, around the nation, around the world, or in your backyard, you are listening to WCET.FM. Our new website is www.wcetfm.com, and this is The Supernatural. Realm with your with your host, Tim Roxbury and Chip Reichenthal. So, uh, Chip, what we got today, bud?
3: Timmy! Oh, what a wonderful day we have, you know? It's a great day for having a great day, so... Why the heck not? Let's have a great day. Uh, we have a phenomenal guest with us today, a friend to the show, a uh, marvelous returning guest, and uh, our guest today is mesmerizing. I can say that both figuratively and literally because <laughs> he's in the hypnosis business, but you know, Daniel Alexa is our friend, our honored guest today. We're so happy to have Daniel back with us. Because Daniel has a knack for finding solutions to problems. And problems are kind of a thing that come up right around this time of year, Timmy. You know? <laughs> say, say, poor Timmy's been caved in with snow this week, you know? So <laughs>
0: yeah, It's hard to get problems. back in the groove again, you know?
3: Right, yeah. Something about that snow, man. See, we should move to like uh, Florida or California. Speaking of California, that's where Daniel's from. Uh, and uh, Daniel Alexa, I should say, Loves looking for answers that aren't obvious, not settling for the expedient solution, but asking the right questions to find the correct answer to a problem or issue. As a marketing professional, he was regularly called upon by his clients to help them find the right solution to their business needs. The story of his dedication to his client satisfaction is showcased in the book Stop Selling, Start Leading. Yeah, I've kind of lived that for a few years. <laughs> that was written by uh, James Kozis, uh Barry Posner, and Deb Calvert. Uh, one of Daniel's early mentors said of him, Dan naturally sees systems. He understands how one thing flows to the next how every step is related to the outcome. Daniel Alexa brings more than 25 years of professional problem solving to his top rated hypnotherapy practice. And the tools that he used to help his business customers succeed are the same tools he uses to create winning solutions for his hypnotherapy clients. His practice is client-centered, meaning he's committed to finding the right solution for you, beloved listeners. His experiences helping clients to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their goals for their ideal lives led him to co-author two Amazon number one best-selling books, Practical Manifesting and, my favorite, A Pessimist's Guide to Manifesting. <laughs> with, uh, that was uh, co-written with shaman and behavioral therapist Iris Turner. Uh, Daniel is the lead facilitator and trainer with the Life Coach Institute of Orange County, beautiful Southern California, uh, sharing his skills and experience with the next generation of life coaches. He's honored to serve as the president of the Long Beach, California chapter of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce in July 2018, and I I think this year too. Uh, Daniel was honored by the readers of the Daily Breeze as the favorite hypnotherapist and life coach in the best of South Bay's Reader's Choice Awards. And he's here with us today on Supernatural Realm, Timmy. And we're very excited to welcome back our good friend uh, and phenomenal guest today, Daniel Alexa to Supernatural Realm. Uh, Timmy, I'm throwing it off to you, my Uh, brother.
0: uh, Welcome to the show, Daniel. Uh, You've been uh, pretty busy lately. You've been teaching and...
1: Doing wild, doing wildly, wildly no. crazy, and you know, thank you guys for for having me back on the show. I think this is what my third time now. It's just always yeah. a joy always to talk fun. with both of you.
3: Yeah, and believe me, we know wildly crazy because <laughs> <laughs> you're too wild and crazy. You're guys. Right, wild and crazy guys. <laughs> yeah, yep. It's like our moniker now. You know? <laughs> yeah, yep. But it's good cool. to yeah, good to be back yeah. with you, brother.
1: With Tim there stuck in the snow, I won't uh, I won't rub it in with what the weather's like in, here in the beautiful state of <laughs> oh, Texas. Oh, that's
3: okay. Yeah. You can, just so, for our imaginations to start running wild, because we forgot what, you know, trees and grass look like here.
1: Yeah, yeah so it's, um, sun's starting to go down right now, but it's in the mid-50s, low-60s, uh, and sunny with clear blue skies.
0: Okay, you can show. up. Drop it now. in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see yeah. how you are yeah <laughs> uh, i've been stuck man. in the house the last few days with no kitchen so go figure
3: oh, oh that's right yeah yeah but
0: it'll look good when it's done i think mom and i just ordered a flooring today and picked the color for the wall so it'll it'll be it'll be nice when it's done
3: oh sure yeah oh i believe that because timmy's helping work on it you know and, and uh, the, you know, it's kind of problematic that today, you know, we can't talk about everything and the kitchen sink because you don't it's have not a kitchen there. sink. <laughs> 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 yeah, boom, that's right. I'll be here all week. Uh, yeah, we'll get tip your waiters and waitresses and subscribe or donate to this network. <laughs> I'm covering my two-drink minimum right now. Uh, that's right. Yeah, me too. Of course, they're Red Bull, but, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, semantics.
0: Yeah. yeah, I had to settle for Coke. I couldn't afford to get Monster this week, but, yeah. You know. oh, ah,
3: yeah, I've had a lot of weeks like that, brother. <laughs> Glad today ate one of them. Because <laughs> <you know? laughs> they're nice and cold. Even, you know, it's ironic because you drink cold stuff in wintertime, it warms you up, you know. It works better than a nice warm cup of coffee or a hot cocoa or something does. I don't know why it works like that, mm-hmm. you know. Fortunately, we have somebody who understands the subconscious mind. Maybe he knows. Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs>
1: I have no idea on that one, honestly.
3: The only <laughs> yeah, thing you can
1: yeah, think yeah. is that your body has to work harder to warm it up. Mm. So you, you get the, the caloric burn there as, as your body tries to warm that that cold, cold drink up to body temperature. Mm.
3: See the nice thing about living in the Great Northeast is, you know, it, uh, at least personally, it's easier to warm up from the cold than it is to cool down from the warmth. You know, uh-huh. I like can in, in summertime it seems much harder to stop sweating. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> um, than it is to you know. And and something about warmth in wintertime, it's all comfort stuff. You know, blankets and and nice. Uh, PJs and stuff, you know. It's <laughs> a comfort-home type of thing, you know. I, I don't know. It, since it's the holidays, you know, yeah, well, I've speaking. lived in Miami for a few years, went to college, University of Miami, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked the best part of school in the country to study, you know, because there was always a party when I was done studying, so it didn't really matter. It's not like I was missing out on anything. But when it gets into winter time, you know, it's not the same without snow. It's just not. Especially if you lived in an area where, you know, there was always four seasons, and each season was, mm-hmm. you know, very strong, reminding you what each represented. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they actually had to truck in snow They uh, from Georgia, from, like, northern Georgia. They would truck it in so we could throw snowballs at each other, you know, for these Christmas college functions or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. Have you, ever, have you lived in a place with snow and then you're there in Southern California going, wow, I miss it? Or has it always been like this for you?
1: I grew up outside of Philly. So I grew up with a lot of snow. And then I lived in Kansas City for 16 years. So, yeah, you know, for the first almost 50 years of my life, I had snow as an annual thing. Uh-huh. Um, my wife happens to be a native Californian. And when we met in Kansas City, Kansas City winters for her were no bueno,
4: mm-hmm.
1: so we initially moved to Florida and then wound up here uh, three and a half years ago
4: wow. on a
1: on another move. So we've been here in in SoCal now, but I did get to see snow in California about three weeks ago as we drove north. Um, oh. As you. As you drive north on uh, I-5 out of LA, there's a place called the Grapevine, which is the high pass that's up about six, uh, about forty-four hundred feet, and there was a good snow layer there that hit wow. over Thanksgiving weekend. So it was really pretty coming back. It was it was pouring down rain when we left that Wednesday morning prior, but coming back, just beautiful snowscape
3: on the hills. Wow, nice. Wow. I can't call yeah. them mountains because. But that (laughs) that makes it even more phenomenal, you know, As uh, that you've been in the Long Beach, California, uh, uh, president of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce there, and honored by readers of the Daily Breeze, uh, favorite hypnotherapist and life coach in the Best of South Bay Readers Choice Awards when you've been there for three years. I mean, see, that says all the much more about your your talent, obviously, (laughs) so.
1: i I appreciate that thank you so much and and even more as i as i spin that back to other people that if i can do it somebody else can too and it's all about getting focused on what you want and then moving it forward and taking the action we're here we're what uh today's the 17th 18th Mm -hmm. 17th we've got 14 days left in this year in this decade right and Everyone's starting to talk about that now. because that there's that one day of the year coming up when we can change our lives. It's the only one. It's, yeah, you know, New Year's Day. Get focused. Yeah. It's time. It's time to really seriously get focused on what do you want to get out of the, out of your life, not let alone the next year. What do you want to get out of life? Right. And start taking action toward it. Because it doesn't take long. Just as you said, there. I've only been here th- three, three and a half years, and the wonderful accolades just because i've been focused in my action
3: well i I gotta ask you and timmy both because it for some reason at least to me it it just doesn't feel like the end of a decade it just feels like the end of another year and so is that just me and timmy and and daniel both i want to ask you both is it uh, do you, does it feel like the end of a decade or not because I have to remind myself by reading it out loud
0: <laughs> I can't <laughs> you know, believe christmas radio. is like ne- you know next next week it's yeah right you know, it's coming yeah. and gone so fast before you know it, you know so it's
1: and I can't believe I'm it. not focused in on it either I mean friends of it's mine so put up it. have put up memes about it oh it's the end of the decade Seriously, the only the last one I remember caring about being the end of the decade was 99 into 2000 when we thought <laughs> yeah. the
0: planes were going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was going to be the end well, of the I world, mean, you know. Yeah, they Didn't
3: had the whole Y2K <laughs> thing just just scared the crap out of everybody. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. And it
3: was scary thinking, oh, well, all the computers will shut down, so banking systems will close and clocks won't run, you know. And you can't get refrigeration to work and, you know, it just we might as well lose electricity and have everything all together because all the computers are going to shut down. Oh, I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah.
4: You know?
1: And technically it's not this year. It's next year. Anyway, that's the end of the decade. There's a whole spin about that, that mm-hmm. the, the, the the numbers don't end on nine. They end on 10. We don't count zero to nine. We count one to 10. Right. So, yeah. Daniel,
0: do you get busy around the holidays being everybody's depressed and is uh, suffering from anxiety and stuff because of all
1: great, great question. Yeah. January tends to be my second busiest month of the year. Um, like coming into December, December ranks in the top half typically. Um, strangely enough, my busiest time of year is the middle of summer.
4: Hmm. And I still
1: wow. haven't figured out why, but traditionally, my June, July are my peak months. Uh, I, January I... is number two or three.
3: I bet it's because uh, that's when the middle age crisis sets in for a lot of people that are having those crises, because that's when the fast car matters, you know, or, mm-hmm. or the sports car, or the, the hot girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, of the beach body. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Especially there. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, very competitive. Plus, you've got, you know, the uh, this whole Hollywood system where everybody's trying to be somebody well not everybody but you know you think that's the place to do it people come from minnesota to be in los angeles because maybe they'll get you know they remember the story of uh, marilyn monroe being discovered in a soda shop you know at random and and there's part of that big american dream I, was right? gonna say, they're, I was that. Oh. yeah they're, they're living a whole, whole lifetime behind to be there to take that shot. So, yeah, appearance definitely matters. Uh in Southern California, probably more than just about anywhere else, you know. Um I, I you think it matters in New York City, but you know, people in New York they just don't really care that much. I think cuz time is so fast there, everything's so fast, but it slows down something like that.
1: Four months out of the year, they'll bundled up in those wonderfully comfortable clothes that you
3: can't see <laughs> right, <anything yeah>. anyway. <laughs> There's that too, and they figure, well, depression is just going to come with the territory there anyway, because you know, <clears throat> after the first snow of the year, it's all depressing after that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> all you got to think about is sliding off the road in your car now, you know. Instead yeah, of, I'm
0: not looking forward to that. No way. Yeah, <laughs> right. Even with right. new tires. Nope.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, because we have this this black ice, you know? I mean, that that's the thing. I remember people always said, you know, I, I thought that there was something with black guys, you know, having to do with people messing their cars up in the wintertime. Because <laughs> when they say black ice, you know, it sounds like they're saying black guys, you know? <laughs> what happened to your car? Black eyes. <laughs> you know? Well, what did they do? <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of a harsh thing to say. to Tribute to your car breaking down, but uh, yeah, black ice. That stuff is nasty. You know, but that that's what makes winter scarier than than snow.
0: That's it's bad here because Butler's in the valley and I live up on on one of the hills on the south side. Oh, so I gotta yeah. go down the hill to get on Main Street huh. and go to Mom's. It's like. You know, yeah. You've got either got a lot way, in and out, in or out of yeah. Butler, you got to go up a hill, up or down a hill. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I hate winter time but, around here. Right. Yeah.
3: Oh, and that's another thing with Southern California. You got people again coming from Minnesota to try to take their shot at Hollywood, and they miss the snow. They miss the seasons. You know, it doesn't feel the same.
0: I wouldn't miss it. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's very different. You get really minor things. Like there, there are some trees that slightly change color about this time of year when really they should have done it three months ago. But here kind of in, in the Los Angeles Basin, it, it's an interesting mix because L.A. Basin is a desert. So you have the Pacific, which is three blocks away from me from where I'm sitting right now, oh. and you drive two hours or so to the east and you have Mount Baldy that has, that is snow capped because this basin is is ringed by mountains. The tallest ones have mount have snow on them, and then Mammoth isn't too far away, which is the big getaway or Big Bear. Those are the the big ski resorts. You could, ski in theory, you could start the day skiing and end the day swimming.
2: Yeah,
3: I like that theory, and I can't do that here. <laughs> I don't think we
4: can either.
3: Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> lucky he can even get out of his house this week, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right brother yeah yesterday was a little dicey I couldn't even you know couldn't even walk let alone drive
1: yeah. so you got that snow that came out of uh, the Kansas City game on Sunday
0: yeah <laughs>
1: right.
3: yeah uh-huh. Yeah. and he was watching too at
0: least yeah. we didn't have tornadoes like it did down south you know, I guess it mm. could be worse
3: yeah man yeah I guess it could always be well Well, they, you had at least threats of tornadoes where you were if mm. I'm not mistaken yeah. right like
4: yeah, all last, around you.
0: Last summer we had a couple warnings. Yeah. Actually, when I was doing this show, I believe we had a tornado warning last summer. Mm-hmm. So wow. I just kept watching the radar. <laughs> yeah. Kept looking for that whole hulk gecko in the in the radar. But it didn't happen. Yeah. thankfully.
3: We've only had one, I think. Uh, you know, with the in the capital district of New York State. You know, the capital region. I think we've had one major tor- like tornado. Um, throughout my entire lifetime. Yeah, I think... You know, we well, just don't get storms like that our here. Our
0: last rash tornadoes here were, was 1983. Wow. How's the last time we had a major tornado
3: here. Yeah, but, but it's hard, especially the way the weather's been since 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to say it's a global warming, and I'm not going to say it's not. But if you look at the almanacs throughout the history, at least in the 1800s and 1900s, once you turn into a new millennium, <clears throat> or a new century, I should say, um, there's always, like, really errant weather for the first 20 years. It's kind of weird how it seems that way. Early 1800s, early 1900s, all of the famous floods that mark our area occurred in one of those, you know. So it's kind of weird how the, the beginning of any century has errant weather for about the first 20 years or so. Which speaks well, I think, to the upcoming next few years because we'll be past that mark now. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Daniel, is there anything you wanted to talk about today? Being it's you know close to the holiday season. I
1: think yeah, the big thing is just letting people know how to get in alignment for the next year for what they want to do. I think that mm-hmm. would be uh, a good good focus for us this evening. Yeah, for all the listeners.
3: Yeah, I mean, the planets are really set up that way, too, you know. Uh, All the planets are set up in such a way that really for the remainder of this month and really, generally speaking, the first four months of the coming year are in refocus mode. Mm -hmm. And we can say that without a Mercury retrograde necessarily, but it's just they're just set up that way. Also, um, you know, and I remember as a nightclub DJ, you know, because people would make these New Year's resolutions, but they were drunk when they made them most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Usually they'd wait till the last minute, and they, you know, like 10 minutes before the New Year, they'd come up with something. <clears throat> but then they'd almost always fail to meet their resolution, and then they'd get kind of depressed about that, or they'd beat themselves up about that, you know. <clears throat> and I there's no law... I mean, it makes it where you have to make a resolution for the new year, you know, but for some reason, people almost are compelled anyway. to yeah. do that.
1: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Culturally, we've just learned that this, this is the day that's the start of the year, and I'm going to start my year off on the right foot and make this change, and they make it while they're drunk,
4: <laughs> which doesn't
1: <laughs> carry the weight forward, or they don't word it correctly. Or they don't look at what the bigger goal is, the bigger reason, which is, I would say, more than anything is typically what trips people up. Mm -hmm. They'll set a goal for they'll weigh a certain amount of weight by a certain day. Mm -hmm. And the subconscious mind is very literal. They will lose the weight by that certain day. Goal achieved. And then they start going back up instead of I'm going to change my eating habits so that I weigh this new weight by a certain day and, and continue living this healthy lifestyle forward. So it's not, there's a time bound goal for the result, but then there's the bigger thing moving forward, which is Mm -hmm. being healthy.
3: Mm -hmm. Right. And, and to carry that even further, you can say the same thing about people that endure trauma, Mm -hmm. because it's not just them within themselves, but it's the people around them that aren't sure how they could properly love them, you know, with this, damage that they're carrying around, so the first instinct is to try that tough love principle of snap out of it, you know, Uh just snap out of it, you should be over this by now, you know, see, she died three years ago, you should be over this now, but in trauma, it takes as long as it takes, and I think the same thing could probably be said for some self-made goal, especially one under pressure, like a resolution for the new year. Yeah,
1: the uh, gentleman who runs the hypnotherapy school that I went to in Florida, his name is Matthew Brownstein, and it's the um, Institute of Interpersonal Hypnotherapy. He had a great line when we were in training. He said, there, there are no incorrect goals, only incorrect timeframes. <laughs> so we set the goal out in the future, whether it's a year, five years, maybe it's only three months. But as you are moving toward that goal you don't know all the territory between here and there there are challenges particularly on bigger life goals that you have to evolve past to become that successful person at the end of the road at the end of that time period and when you come up on those moments of okay what do I do now some people just give up at that that point because the emotional, the weight of it, the fear of it, the pressure of it is greater than their connection to the goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, life is terrible. I guess I just have to stop. And they give up in that moment rather than, okay, I've, I've got to figure this out. And when I'm teaching the students at the school um, with life coaching, I'll, I'll talk about it this way. Some, some days, when I had my house in Kansas city, I, I set the goal of changing all the windows in the house one weekend. I had 10 windows to do. I knew roughly how long it would take to do one because my brother and I had remodeled the bathroom. I I knew it takes about a half an hour, 45 minutes to do one. So I've got 10, what do I need to do? I set my plan. What do I need to do? Made sure I had all the tools, all of the windows, all all the insulation, everything ready to go. Gave myself two days to do it. Started ripping windows out of the living room early on Saturday morning and had this wonderful September breeze blowing through, nice spare, and as I rip the last window out, I find some wood rot. Okay, so now my goal just changed. <laughs> I didn't know it was there. I, had, I, had I known it was there, I would have prepared differently. Do I stop and just have my house be naturally air conditioned for the rest <laughs> of the year, or do I step up and make the changes that are necessary to complete the task? And Three trips to the hardware store later, because you can never go once.
0: Yeah. had
1: everything back in I don't place. I know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everything was back in place. The living room was buttoned up, and I went on to the next window. So instead of taking me two days, it took me three. But that doesn't mean I'm a failure. And we apply that same thing to life. Somebody who wants to set their goal of having an ideal relationship or certain money in the bank or even um, a new job or a new career – as they're closing the gap on getting there, they might not know everything that's getting in the way, but they're by walking down the path. They're so much closer on that mark day that it's easy to finish closing closing the gap to achieve the goal.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, you're trying. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there is potential for success and failure in everything that you mm-hmm. do but the the important thing is that you're trying. you know mm-hmm. you can't fail if you're trying. You know? exactly because you're on the path to potential success. and you know but
1: unfortunately, we- unfortunately, the people around us, and even somewhat culturally, we love mm-hmm. to do this. We mm-hmm. love to beat people down when they don't meet their goals or Not when sure. they reach a certain level of expectation and they stumble and look at politicians and actors and musicians how we love to build them up, build them up, build them up. And once we have put them on this golden pedestal, we look for the smallest thing to start oh, sure. beating them down.
3: Oh, yeah. And we've Deserve mastered it or not, that art. We want to no, beat we, them down. We have. We've mastered that art. You look at the eyes of a Britney Spears or a Kim Kardashian, and you, you know that we have mastered that art. <laughs> There's <laughs> our proof. Yeah, you
0: know. it's, it's, it's something when people seem to know when, when you put them up on a pedestal because as soon as you do that... They'll do or say something to hurt you, so it's not even worth you know mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. treat everybody equally, then then you don't yeah. you know get hurt that huh? way.
3: Yeah, it's, Absolutely. It's, you know. it's easy oh, to say it's our, our fault for mm-hmm. putting them up on that pedestal in the first place. Mm-hmm. We're the ones who did that, not them. Yeah, but
4: yeah. they think are <laughs> just walking they know, through right? life.
3: Yeah. We're the ones that you know uh, hold them up so we can tear them down. Sometimes we hold them up specifically so we can tear them down. People feel a whole lot better about themselves by tearing down other people. You know, but but there are better ways to feel better about ourselves. I suppose.
0: What are you going to say about that? Building
3: ourselves up. What's that, buddy?
0: I was going to say what Daniel was going to say about that.
1: On the building building up of others. Absolutely. We get we get so. I want to be careful how I say this because this is not a political message. (laughs) But it's where we see division, particularly this year and going into next year. Mm -hmm. It's already started. But this this same thing takes place across culture. That just because I believe differently than somebody else, there's this message of, you must be wrong. Because I have my belief, that other person has theirs, so they look at me, you must be wrong, you have to believe what I believe. Because how could you look at look at that person that you're going to vote for? They're terrible. Well, one, I didn't vote for either of them.
4: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> down the middle.
4: Yeah. Uh, like,
1: I, I am the worst nightmare of Democrats and Republicans. I'm a, I'm a an intelligent, independent.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, ah, that's scary. So that's, the, that's what's great about so this the, show. Yeah,
1: I'm the guy who will. In when the when it comes around, if you have to vote for us, or you're going to be voting for the competition, blah blah blah, <laughs> blah. No, I'm going to vote for the person I think is best qualified to run the freaking country.
4: <laughs>
1: but when it all taken that away, ev- even my friends who are Democrats and Republicans, or anything else, because I don't want to, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I have to recognize that they came to their belief. And it's not that they're wrong. They are wonderfully intelligent people Mm -hmm. who came to their belief, and that's theirs to hold. It's Mm -hmm. not mine to judge. And it's the, I can accept who that person is and be fine with it, because I don't have to take on their stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not threatened by it. I'm perfectly Mm -hmm. okay in my space saying, you know, I kind of disagree with you, but... I still like you it's okay mm-hmm.
3: yeah yeah that's and timmy and i Timmy and I, we say, don't right? see completely yeah. eye-to-eye but we find we a compromise. lot of kind of things in the middle that we mm-hmm. can be safe with but even on times that we vehemently disagree or things that we vehemently disagree about it doesn't matter because it's still me and tim you know yeah exactly. that stuff can't ruin this thing, you know?
1: And if we could get back to that on a Mm -hmm. bigger scale Mm -hmm. and recognize it, I. and it's funny, this this idea popped in my head teaching in New York two weeks ago, that all of us as a collective on the planet, it's like we all are part of the same brilliant diamond. Mm -hmm. And just because my particular facet of that diamond might reflect, might refract green light and yours chip refracts orange and Tim's refracts blue doesn't mean we're wrong. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: We, and, but we'll tend to go to, to, we'll congregate around the other greens, oranges and blues. But if we start looking at how all these colors reflect back in and create that full white light spectrum, Mm-hmm. and find the balance of how we support each other wonderful things will happen
3: that's right all three of those colors makes a great ultra high definition tv yes I it does say that. yeah yes, it does. <laughs> but it's also you know if if we realize you know if we zoom out four hundred thousand feet and we realize that the reason we're each feeling passionate or vehement about certain things almost opposite things sometimes is because the news is no longer news it's opinion people aren't telling us what happened they're telling us how we should feel about what happened and there is no other message and there is no medium message like there used to be somewhere it's just not there anymore or if there is people that are fed this poison which is complete opposite message i mean these two messages (laughs) couldn't agree with each other on anything. When I have a a psychic friend of mine who I look up to more than just about any other who believes and doesn't watch any of this stuff at all and still believes civil war could be coming to this country. I mean, that's terrifying that Uh and that's ridiculous and we have to snap out of that, you know. Well, yeah. We're in a country that starts with the word "United," and we have to remember that first. We're mm-hmm. uh, we're all Earthlings on this one planet. <laughs> yeah.
1: that we are. We are on this wonderful little blue dot, as Carl Sagan put it. And that I think, if <laughs> anyone out there listening goes to YouTube and finds the Pale Blue Dot recording by Carl Sagan, it is one of the most beautiful pieces of spoken voice ever done, and it brings it all home. Of just mm-hmm. how fragile all of this stuff that we take some, take as important is, and how meaningless it all is.
3: Yeah, yeah, it really is. But it it because of these messages uh, aimed at our emotional spectrum. I mean, they are aimed right. You know, there's a big bullseye <laughs> right on the emotional spectrum. That it's almost more of a religion uh, than a personal belief now, especially when. These messages that we're getting are are animated, uh, vigorous, vehement. You know, not only should you know, not only did this happen, but you really should feel this way about what happened. That because we all do, and you're if you're a part of our team, you should feel that way too. Mm-hmm. You know, and because we
1: are, we are emotional animals. We would love to think that we're rational animals, and we're not. Yeah. There's well, there's we, a we balance
3: of heart and head. A sense of belonging, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, Absolutely. each and every person, I don't even, I don't care if they're psychopaths and sociopaths. They want a sense of belonging. They want to feel that their message is heard, that their voice is heard, that their voice and, and person is respected, you know? Uh-huh.
0: But if, so, you, if you've been watching the hearings, <laughs> that doesn't happen. That does not that doesn't, that doesn't uh, happen. One person no, I, shuts I, the other I one off. No, I instead
3: watched yeah. a movie... Called the Joker, right? That, that made me feel better about life than any <laughs>
0: politics <laughs> That's <show>. Pretty bad, <laughs>
3: you know? and that says a lot, you know.
0: And it doesn't That's change what. anybody's opinion or anybody's <coughs> mind. The back and forth no, argument. I mean,
3: yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's it's the needle's not moving, you know. So we're 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 stuck in this same place, regardless of how everybody's trying to move this needle. The needle's not moving. So it's us. It's up to us to move the needle. It's up to us to say the needle doesn't matter. We matter. We matter, mm-hmm. you know? absolutely. Because, and yeah. to
1: get out of, as I watch you know as I watch the it's the word I want, um, the conversation, the the cultural conversation in uh, the u s, there's both sides. There's this emotional trigger. yet, and i'll I'll back into this by saying we when I go back to going back to what I said earlier, that, We would love to think that we make rational decisions, and we don't. Mm -hmm. We ultimately always make an emotional decision. And when we're in that heightened, frustrated anger, got to go out and do this, got to change the world, have to stand up, that's great fuel. And I I admire those who are that fired up to do it. The thing that I also look at is how often do you make a good decision when you're fired up emotionally? Mm almost I'm, never on,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah the
1: the fuel the the emotion is nothing more than the fuel for the rocket mm-hmm. the rocket still needs fins to drive forward otherwise it just potentially spins yeah. in space um, so there's there becomes a balance of using that that anger and that firebrand cry mm-hmm. but it has to be reined in by the brain so that it's it's used properly and has
3: the effect yeah yeah, we have to find our ration in all this, and and the big issue is that uh, nobody wants to believe that they're wrong, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. I, I mean, even on, uh, we're we're talking about the subconscious mind. Even, you know, I always brought up the example. I think we talked about this far, A self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, uh-huh. if you scratch yourself and draw blood, you know. But you don't notice that you're wounded, you might not feel it until you see that you're wounded. The first thing you do is, oh, torn skin and blood, that means pain. So you'd rather be right in that instant than pain-free even, you know. Uh Uh, We're built to be right, you know, strong survive and the strong, you know, will, will rule the world or, you know, uh, be the winning uh, faction, you know. I mean, we're brought up that in history, we're taught that the winning side it wins and the losing side is secondary. They're, they're nothing. It's all because the winner takes it all, you know, so we don't want to be wrong, but like you said, we're wrong more often <laughs> in, even in in reflexive thing, because most of the messages, most of our preconceptions, biases and beliefs didn't even come from us. They yep. came from role models of ours when we were too young to know the difference. And those are the things that stick with us and become, we we adopt them as though our they're our own children. These beliefs, these biases, these preconceptions are very hard to snap out of. Fortunately, that's what you do in your work as a hypnotherapist.
1: It is. It's actually where I'm Focusing my work more and more in the next year. It's uh, over the past uh, two months, I've been dialing in my focus a little bit more, and what I'm finding as I as I look back on clients, look back on other things, that my work more than anything else is about helping people break what I'll call a family curse, mm-hmm. or the other the other common word for words for it now are inherited family trauma. That mm-hmm. idea that. Seven generations back is encoded into my DNA and I carry it forward. Um, That's becoming a really popular topic in the Mm. past couple of years. And I see it playing out with more and more clients that they have this baggage that they can't quite figure out. And when we really go in and examine it, it's not theirs. It's from a parent or a grandparent or someone else. Mm. And when they (laughs) finally come to the realization of, wait, I don't have to carry this suitcase around anymore it's incredibly freeing
3: yeah oh it's got to be liberating as anything and the irony is we we're in a technology now that's starting to understand that genetic predispositions to illness aren't actually accurate Uh -uh. you know just because we're genetically predetermined for a heart disease or liver failure or whatever it is that doesn't mean that that's us particularly but our belief structure can help get us there. The subconscious mind is that powerful. If <clears throat> you believe you're predestined for cancer, you'll get cancer you know, one way or another. Or you send that message to every cell in your body. So every cell in your body is almost predetermined to succumb to cancer <clears throat> you know, because of that message. And And it's ironic because now our emotions, our beliefs, our biases... You know, <clears throat> don't have the same liberation that our our health system is discovering mm-hmm. doesn't exist in the first place. Chip. We're not genetically predetermined for health conditions. Yes, we, we
0: talked we we talked about curses for for about a minute or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are those that believe that the Kennedys uh, are and were plagued with a curse because of so many tragic deaths in their family
3: it's uncanny how much tragedy has struck that family and yeah. and it's easy to see that from a distance and say they must you know yeah. that must be a real thing this is from a guy who has the personal belief that there is no curse without a belief in a curse you know even still have to look at that yeah. <laughs> and I just I just the, finished oh, go ahead
1: no please you I just finished watching the Irishman and I think the only curse in that family had to do with the mafia
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it made that more prevalent. If you watch, if you watch that film, yeah, and that's true too. But I, I think, look, anybody who's been put in positions of power like that, and this, it's not just industrial power, uh, you know, like uh, Kennedy Senior had, but it became political power too, and all the different power that comes with that—financial power, industrial power, political power. Just imagine what could go wrong. You know? yeah. there's That's a my...
1: similar thing around the uh the superman character
3: mm-hmm.
1: with george reeves who played um still don't know whether that was a suicide or a murder right. christopher reeve who had the, the horrific accident with the horse mm-hmm. there was another person somewhere related to those oh the superman cursing no it's just it's life they just happened to play the same character it has nothing yeah. to do same
3: the same with the The Poltergeist movie, the first one, Mm -hmm. where there was calamity around uh, a lot of the cast members of that particular picture, Mm -hmm. you know, the little girl who's, you know, oh, they're here, the one that gave that classic line. I think she succumbed to something, you know, Uh, the the younger daughter had some calamity, too. You know, I don't think the two leads did. Just about everybody else, yeah. and that that uh, that uh, short woman who was um, very uh, doom and gloom worthy in in the film, mm-hmm. I think had some calamities, and and yeah, it's it, it's a similar thing that coincidences in that.
1: Yeah. Steven you know. Spielberg is doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah,
3: he is. Oh man, but,
1: but yeah, that yeah, whole it, idea just, of curses, I. The concept is out there, and my personal belief, and I think there's a lot of people who would back me up on this, is that they only have the power that we give them.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: someone may go out there and throw something at me, and if my defenses are up or I, you know, I just hear them say it, if I buy into it and have the belief that they can somehow affect me, mm-hmm. then that belief will become a reality, or if I just... Yeah. What? Whatever. Move on. You can't. You have no control over me. Nothing outside of my body has control over me. Then there's no effect.
3: And I think Timmy and I could say the same thing about uh, demonic entities or this negative, uh, this negative energy. We we've seen enough. I think throughout our, especially as a team, our collective radio careers, that yeah, um, half of it is part of this self-fulfilling prophecy. And people that were brought up under religious doctrine are more, much more susceptible to it because it it became part of their lifelong belief system, Mm -hmm. you know, which is much harder to snap out of than than something that's just temporary.
1: And I've seen enough, what's the word I wanna use? I don't know that I've ever seen anything that I would put the definition of demonic on. I've certainly seen some weird energies. Mm In my work, and as entity attachments to clients, whether it's just a thought form that grabbed on, it was somebody else's thought form, or whether it did have some level of sentience, that as soon as the person became aware that it was not them and it wasn't a part of them, they let it go very quickly, and we facilitated mm-hmm. that energy moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, those those energies tend to appear in ways that make it look like it's part of the person's psyche,
4: mm-hmm.
1: some underdeveloped part, because um, it tends to come forward when I'm doing parts therapy work. And I can't pre-describe that, oh, something's going to come forward. Just, you know, we're going to talk to a part of you that has this belief. And there tend to be clues when that part comes forward that tell me it. there's a chance that it is not part of them. And I still can't prescribe that because I don't know. There's a question I have. To the client, when we get to a certain point, I'll have them call in whatever their belief in a higher power is, whether it's angel guides, Jesus, God, um, spirit guides, maybe family members who had passed on that they have a high degree of trust in. And we need to get clear, and I need you to ask this higher authority, or even your higher self, is this part that we're talking to, is it part of you or is it separate from you? And when they come back with the answer that it's separate, we box it up yeah. and just you know get rid of it however they want to get rid of it and there's any number of ways to make yeah. that happen but I know they, I know
0: in my own personal experience that when I feel angry or, or anxiety uh, nine times out of ten it's someone else's stuff and I have mm-hmm. to separate myself from their from their stuff and, and ground myself and, and realize that that's not mine it's theirs mm-hmm yeah
4: mm-hmm.
3: <coughs> And that, that's, uh, that's kind of a releasing thing. Once once you can, you know, the, as the saying goes, take a few deep breaths and, yeah. and realize that, yeah, the stuff we're carrying around isn't our stuff to begin with. So why, why are we so caught up in it? You know, and have that moment of, of, uh, of freedom or realization to, to see the difference. And it's also when we talk about, you know, these negative attachments. I mean, that's, that's kind of near and dear to Timmy's in my heart. Because, you know, uh, because we have kind of a, a more casual uh, thinking on that stuff, that poses a threat to people that are in this industry really cheering that on and have made a lot of money or gotten a lot of recognition from carrying that banner. But we've also seen that the best professionals that are carrying that banner are the ones who realize... That they're in this to help other people release it, you know, uh, not to promote that fear, promote that, you know, that anxiety in other people, you know, making themselves look better because they can be the saviors, you know. They're doing this because they really are in service to others, you know, for the greater good, and that's that's refreshing to see too, you know we can see the difference in that. And there's a, there's a certain beauty and power in being able to see the difference, you know, and realizing the difference in that too.
1: There is, because if you are in this, in these fields to help others, you come in and and just watching others who, who I see, whose work I, I really, truly respect, the people who walk into the room and don't have to be the center of attention and just facilitate what needs to be done to get the client what they need
4: mm-hmm.
1: are the ones that are in complete control. The ones who feel the need to have the client feel less than in some way and you need protection from me are not facilitating that client getting back to their okayness and their understanding that they are the ones in power here. That that disturbs me a lot because everybody, all your listeners – Everybody can take control of their own life, their own space, Mm -hmm. their own energies. And in my work, and again, this comes from the gentleman who runs the hypnotherapy school. It's my job to be obsolete in your life as as quickly and efficiently as possible.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. My job to empower you to discover what's in you that you can make those connections, make those choices for yourself. And that doesn't mean doing the work sloppily. It means doing the right amount of work for the right amount of time. And maybe six months or a year from now, you want to come back in for a tune up because you've come up against the next core belief to be challenged. Great. Mm-hmm. That's perfect, but there's other people out here to help. And I don't I don't necessarily want to be that crutch.
4: Right. I
1: want to be the person who helps in the moment, gets the work done and go. Go do and live your you, life.
3: You're that's, really a, an interpreter of these energies, you know. terror readings for me is same thing, you know. Because in really in order to help out the other person, you just have to simply be unbiased, look at what's happening from an outside looking in perspective, and then help, see where the energy is and, and you know, and be as obsolete as quickly as possible, like you said. You know, there's a a beauty in obsolete, says the guy who can't stop talking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and that's what I used to tell my clients when we go investigate their house. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I tell them during the interview, I said, we can tell you what's going on. We can tell you, you know, where this stuff's coming from. But you're the client, you're the resident. You have to take charge of your own space. If you don't take charge of your own space and, and put ground rules up, and this stuff's going to continue. I can't do do everything for you. You have to take 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 charge of you know mm-hmm. your own space and you know
3: and discipline and it's it. not easy, Timmy, yeah. in that situation to not have a dog in the fight because right. in in a sense, you know, your purpose is I can give at them the, I give them to the tools dog to in the use, fight, but, but they you have to, to be as impartial as possible.
0: They, so, yeah, on. I I give them the tools to use, and they you know it's up to them to 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 take it from there. You know, right,
3: right. Well, that's, and that's what Daniel does, and, and that's what uh, good doctors do, <laughs>
0: yeah. exactly. and a
3: good practitioners, they give people the tools, but as Daniel alluded to a few moments ago, we as individuals have the primal power All right. to change, you know, somebody gets a problem, uh, hit, uh, they're they're struck with, you know, they can go to friends, they can go to family, they can go to professionals, they can go to alternatives, they can go to all sorts of things, but utterly, at the end of the day, it's them that flips the switch, that makes the change. Can't do it without that individual decision to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. So. Yep. And then harness the energy forward. And the, the one of the key things there, and where so many people come at that moment of change, is they will base the change and make the statement, on the current unwanted thing of, I don't want to be in debt anymore. I don't mm-hmm. want to be in this relationship anymore. And you get more of what you focus on. Or, I don't want to be like my parents.
0: <laughs> I going to say that.
1: <laughs> and then what happens is... They are so focused on not being like their parents, they turn out exactly like their parents. To be their
0: would. yeah. <laughs> and they they raised their children exactly the way your parents yeah. raised them. Yeah. Instead yeah. of saying
1: what what's the opposite of that? Mm-hmm. Well, the opposite would be fully engaged and supportive and all these other things. Or what's the opposite of being in debt? Oh, financially free and abundant. Those are very different energetic statements. I don't want to be in debt anymore. Still anchors me to the, the the idea and concept of debt. Financially free and abundant. takes me into that space of I'm in charge of my resources and I can actually save money and have it in the bank. Um, And that's one of the keys to this time of year in setting resolutions, state them in the positive of where you want to go, not in the past of where you've been.
3: How about this? Would we take it a step further? Because the irony is that everybody seems to be looking for love and happiness and or
0: especially this time of year.
3: But we put conditions on our happiness, you know. Or I just hit the lottery, that's great, but yeah, you know, or I feel great today and I'd be happy except, you know, mm-hmm. or or if I'd be happier if, you know, I mean there's always a condition. Or the love of my life, I think, but you know, I love I'll be you, happy when. But, yeah, I'll be happy when. So maybe we should map out and 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 meditate upon figuratively or literally what our happiness is what is really our happiness and have to take a hard look at that it seems easier to take a hard look at what happiness is than taking a hard look at ourselves and everything that's wrong mm. so pick this this fluffy thing <laughs> that we're never in and monitor it. So figure out what is happening you know what would be uh the most inner peace you'd have under what circumstances would that be and then the trip to finding it becomes more realistic. Your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, as you, and and that can be a hard space to move into because we're so used to being in the struggle mm-hmm. that even just to take five minutes of deep breathing and settle in of what what is it that I want, and some people have such a hard time with it as I work with them as clients that we have to really explore and take stock of where are you right now? Because that's the only thing they they are so mired in the mud. They can't think of what the sunshine's like. Mm-hmm. So I have to play the game. Tell me everything that's going on in your life right now. And how do you feel about it? So then once we get that nice snapshot as a platform, so what's the opposite of this thing? What's the opposite of that thing? What would you like it to be? And we start breaking it down piece by piece to st- begin forming that different outcome to start working toward
3: yeah it just seems to make more sense i think and all that because it's so much easier and i probably said this to you before what i call the julia roberts factory you know (laughs) her in that movie uh pretty woman where she was this hooker and she's in bed with richard Gere in this scene and and uh, somehow it comes up where she says it's just easier to believe the bad stuff. He's like, "Why are you doing this when you have all this potential?" You know, well, it's just easier to believe the bad stuff about ourselves, and that's true. You know, and people are afraid to look at the good within themselves. Oh, everybody will think I'm stuck up. You know, I mean, there's, that there's that, and there's this
1: this weird guilty thing of there there will come a reckoning, the other <laughs> shoe's going to drop. If mm-hmm. I if I got I got my. My bonus at work and two weeks later the transmission falls out of the car. I got punished. Well, mm-hmm. If you live in a in a loving, abundant universe that has your back, the universe or God is not punishing you for getting a bonus. Mm. The universe or God actually knew before you did that the transmission was going to fall out of your car and it yeah. gifted you that money in advance.
3: But it is a thing that, that, that comes up. It does. Mm-hmm.
2: When oh, everything
3: yeah. really go is going great, you know, you, there's this underlying feeling... You know, like you said, the shoe's going to drop. Okay, well, something's going to mess this up.
4: Yeah.
3: And Perfect. and that's almost a self fulfilling prophecy right there. So even the littlest thing, you can go, aha. You know. Yeah,
1: and the the one that you were mentioning there, if if I
3: if I really enjoy and put
1: myself out there and stand in my joy, others are going to be upset with me, and they're going to think I'm stuck up. That's their problem.
4: Mm-hmm. That's what right. you would
1: call toxic people,
4: mm-hmm. and get them out of your <laughs>
1: life so that you I am not going to limit my joy, yeah. because somebody else doesn't want to see me smiling. Yeah, that that is their problem.
3: Well, I I'm think not that's that's the thing about joy, about this very time period. It just feels like, and and we've been watching for the last couple of years, right. you know. And they've been to astro- astrologers have been talking about this uh, uh, Pluto and uh, Capricorn or the Saturn Pluto trine or conjunction or whatever it is <clears throat> that's like this five-year thing <clears throat> the last time it occurred the last two times it occurred we ended up in world wars we're almost at the end of this five year thing ain't no world war coming fingers crossed on that. but at the same time it seems like this is a time where toxic people are kind of disappearing themselves from words of our friends our listeners you know the people in our social spectrum it just seems like that they're not they don't have to do the work of separating themselves from these people these people are just magically separating out and for some reason they'll still say what is it my breath what have i done wrong and it's like no you should this is great this is you know this is a blessing are you kidding and and soon they they're uh, in a, a spectrum of better people for them In their lives, the cream is rising to the top, you know. But again, they have to zoom out. They have to look at it as objectively as they can in their own realities, you know, to see that that's what's happening. But it it seems different than it did 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, where if somebody wanted to, you know, be surrounded by what for them would be the the cream, uh, the cream of the crop. Uh, they would have to do the work of separating themselves from these toxic people. But it seems like the universe has been doing the work for them the last few years. Now, I don't i I don't really believe that's my imagination. I, I just it just seems like I've seen it so many times for so many different people, especially being in a position you know, as a hypnotherapist, as a tarot reader, as somebody who really takes an intricate look in the lives of my clients, you know, it seems like they're separating themselves, these toxic people are separating themselves mm-hmm. from these uh, these clients, you know, and not the other way around. It, uh, does does that it seem like that to you? Or I'm is it sensing just I'm
1: sensing the same thing that those the people who are up leveling, the ones who are stepping into that joint talking about like their they are up-leveling their vibration and their energy by, by just standing taller, that those who are staying in the low vibration of jealousy or anything else, that we you know misery loves company, so I think they're finding each other and staying mired in that, because the people who want to move up, they're getting up above that nonsense.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah, it does seem like that. What do you think, Debbie?
0: I agree. I think it seems like people... Lately, these last few years are are changing. They're more angry than mm. than they were in previous years.
3: Mm. Well, I think people are just feeling stuff more. Mm-hmm. You
0: know? they're, and they're I more mean, emotional. as impats, we've we've yeah. noticed it. Yeah, I mean, there are
3: times as impats where just life drains the hell out of us. You know. <laughs> Because we're we're feeling other people's Yeah, stuff.
0: I I go to Home Depot with mom and by the time I get back I'm drained. You know, it's just, mm. just mm-hmm. the energy of other yeah. people around you. Especially yeah. around mm. holidays. It's even worse. Yeah.
1: You to mm. walk outside in that snow with some bare feet and get some good grounding going on.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> for sure.
0: there you
3: go. Yeah, put your bare feet in that snow, Timmy. <laughs> Do it now. Come back. Tell us how it feels.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I found out last week when I go to I go for you know, for anxiety and stuff, and I found out there's a a meditation class that's once a week, so I'm going to start maybe doing that in January oh, February. Oh,
3: yeah. great. Yeah. Sounds like it's meant to be, Tim, yeah, if you came yeah. across it, you
0: know. I was just told about it last week, in fact. She said, wow. are you interested? I said, yeah. Great.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So, there's, mm-hmm. um, if you jump over on my website, there's some free meditations there, too, that you don't even have to sign up for anything.
4: Oh, they're,
1: there up, they're on the, the free stuff tab.
3: Oh, see that Daniel Alexa. Alexa. Com. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I'm yeah. pretty excited about that. So. Yeah, Looking forward. see, and
3: in some situations, and sometimes the best things in life are free, and especially in this case, with our friend Daniel Alexa on his website, Daniel uh, i'm doing this by memory uh it's o l e x a right correct relaxing yes. yeah and daniel is the same spelling as any daniel really uh except for the daniels with the weird spelling yeah. i don't see that, that
0: yeah. <laughs> but you know <laughs> it's kind of hard not to know how to spell daniel you know
3: yeah uh, you'd think so but you know people have spell check they don't have to think anymore you know so yeah, so it's a D-A-N-I-E-L. People spell, just my, just
0: spell just my last name wrong all the time, so...
3: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, just imagine having a last name like mine, but people can't <laughs> even remember or pronounce it, you know? <laughs> so, half the time I have to do it for them.
0: Yeah. My mom My mom had trouble with her first name and last name, so she, she gets mm-hmm. it <laughs> <laughs> with both, but,
3: you know. Yeah, yeah, see... My mom changed both hers when she got when she married my dad. She changed her first name and her last name. Mm-hmm. You know, whole new beginning. Yep. Beautiful thing.
0: You guys ready to take a break? Yeah, we could do Sounds that. good. Yeah. I'll give the number out for the listeners: seven two four six zero two two eight two six. If you have any questions for Daniel, or if maybe you're suffering from anxiety or depression during the holiday season, uh, yeah. Daniel can help you. Oh, yeah, this, is, is, the right this is the man right here
3: Snap you out of that yeah, Or help you out of that, not snap you out of it. Yeah Oh, yeah. okay see. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can't snap it. <laughs> oh, there you,
0: go. you are listening <laughs> to Supernatural Realm on www.wcet.com We'll be right back Right after this You're listening to
2: WCET FM America's Talk Station L&M Merchandise is finally here we have a large selection of shirts hats wall clocks phone cases stickers jewelry and much more it's been a long time coming but it's worth the wait with great prices and quality products from calf press just go to late in the and click the big blue banner at the top of every page Every purchase helps keep l Radio on the air, so stock up and tell the world you're a late-nighter. So again, go to www.LatenightintheMidlands.com and click the big blue banner
0: at the top. The supernatural realm on WCT.
3: but yeah, so the new website for, for this uh, network here, too, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern, for supernatural realm on uh, wcetfm.com rather than late night in the Midlands. And there is a number to call that Timmy has in case anybody has any questions for uh, Daniel Alexa, he's the man, uh, he can really get you situ- situated if you. If you really want to climb out of whatever funk you're in, uh, not just for the holiday season, but, you know, transferring into a new year or or something that feels like it should be changing for the better uh, that you need help or advice on, this is the man right here, Daniel Alexa. Uh, so what's that number, Tim, if people uh, want to call it?
0: That number is 724-602-2826 at 724 724- 602-2826 or they could Skype in at tim.roxbury1 uh, on Skype and just uh, add me in there and call in. Oh, cool.
3: That's a beautiful thing.
0: Cheers. Yeah. And, and again, uh, that website that we are on Saturdays is uprntalkradio.com That's Saturdays from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. It's mm-hmm. the replays yeah. of the show. So
3: Yep, yep, beautiful thing.
0: (laughs) Daniel, are you with us?
1: I am here.
0: Yes. Oh, good. (laughs) 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 I'm kind of like in a funk today. I'm I'm like all over the place. You're you're buried in snow. How can I I help, Tim? How can I help? Yeah, there you go. This Uh, is the man. With everything going off, Mom and, and, you know, she's remodeling and the house is a mess and, I missed uh, producing Chip Show yesterday, so I'm kind of like off 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 base a little bit today.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so just yeah. take a deep breath for a second. Just close your eyes and take a deep breath.
3: Yeah. And yeah, we're watching. Man. Just, <laughs> see that deep breath. <laughs> yeah. See for the yesterday, listener, we can see each other while we while we have this interview. See, yeah. just so yesterday's
1: gone. Can't change yesterday. Yep, yesterday's yep. over.
3: Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you were a part of the show yesterday anyway, man. We knew you were there.
0: I was listening to it, yeah. Oh. Uh,
3: uh. See, thank you. That's a beautiful and,
0: thing. And I was on for like, you know, like five minutes before the show
3: started. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about ascension yesterday, our, our path to ascension, that beautiful 5D world. Yeah. yeah. That's a good resolution to make, too. Ascension, I think, would.
0: Yeah, that grounding meditation is going to help. I think I'm. I'm look forward to that. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
1: that
4: yeah.
1: whole thing that kind of like you were talking about there of the things that have bothered me in the past and I'm still carrying them,
4: mm-hmm.
1: whether it's from yesterday, whether it's from somewhere else in life or something that happened. There's a wonderful um, Buddhist story about that idea, and it's <clears throat> the story of these two monks. And they live in a monastery, and their particular brotherhood has vowed that they are never allowed to touch a woman, even to shake her hand. They, they may not touch a woman. And it's springtime, so an elder monk and one of the younger monks leaves the monastery to walk into town to do some shopping, get some food to bring back. And they come up on the stream that is normally something they can easily step across, but because of all the rains in the spring... The banks are now overflowing, and there's a young woman standing there also on her way to the market, and she can't get across. So the elder monk picks her up, carries her across the stream, sits her down on the other side, and the two monks continue walking. A couple hours later, the younger monk looks over at the elder and says, my brother, I don't understand. You, you took a vow never to touch a woman, yet you picked that woman up and you carried her across the stream. Why, why did you break your vow?
4: Right.
1: And the older monk looked at him and said, my brother, I set her down on the other side of the stream. Why are you still carrying her?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. gotcha. So See if it that, were me, I would have said something like, "Well, she had a really nice butt." You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm not a Buddhist monk, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> that
1: whole idea—we we carry this stuff that weighs us down—and mm. why, <laughs> why? It just—it doesn't serve our is, greater happiness. And is
0: it fear, Daniel?
1: It's this sense that we learn to be less than. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know that like for, in your case of being upset about not of missing the show yesterday, are you, are you afraid? Is, is there a fear carrying forward there? Or what's the underlying emotion?
3: It's a, uh, I, you know, I, it should be his answer. Yeah, but I'll guess, you, there's guess, a certain fear perfectionism in our, in our yeah. work, you know, yeah. okay. that we, we hold, you know, I, I mean, this is something that is part of a, a teamship. ship, you
0: know, I guess it's a lot of it's, you know, fear of driving in the bad weather. That's what I have. Okay. That's
3: so a
4: good fear. Bad
1: weather. <laughs> <What>? and, <laughs> and a realistic thing there. So yeah. fearful of driving in bad weather. Perf- perfectly understandable. So knowing that there's a fear of driving in it, rather than that being a limitation, what, what strength can you find in it? What's the intention of the fear?
3: To stay safe and stay alive. Stay safe.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. It's just
1: saying, you know. So I reckon my car
0: have, staying safe, not getting hurt. That's yeah. one thing. Yeah. And yeah.
1: so the 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 fear on on some level, if we look at the fear on this continuum of one to ten, there's that whole one to zero thing again. That one to ten, that the debilitating fear out here at one that we let build up to. I you know I can't even step outside of my house. I'm not even sure I want to get out of bed because mm-hmm. I'm afraid some I'm afraid I'm going to step on a Lego versus you know I have some control here and now that I'm I'm aware that this is trying to protect me in some way what steps can I take what can I learn from it so that okay I'm not going to speed if I do have four-wheel drive I'm going to I'm going to engage all four wheels I'm gonna be very very careful because there may be black ice out there there may be patches of snow that I that I'm not expecting or I certainly have no control over any other driver so I'm going to give myself a lot of distance as I'm driving. Um, that is taking the, the fear that could hold us back, using it as a lesson to move forward and just like, I got this. I'm just going to be as careful as I can possibly be.
0: Mm -hmm. I've seen people drive around here in good weather. (laughs) (laughs) That that itself is scary.
1: worst snow of the year. It's always the worst. Yeah, Yeah.
3: Yeah, but that was, I mean, they had nasty, nasty storms. I mean, I I saw the maps, you know, and they had tornado warnings and all sorts of stuff. I mean, and, you know, he does produce my show for me. I do count on him.
0: Yeah, but I I
3: would rather have him safe and sound. You know, then produce it. And I, I mean, told Mom
0: yesterday, I'm nervous. You know, I was nervous for those two hours because I, I'm usually here doing mm-hmm. your show. It's like I didn't know what to do with myself for yeah. those two hours. You know?
1: Yeah. So look at on the other side of here you are. You took that step yesterday
3: to protect mm-hmm. yourself.
0: Right.
1: Here you are today.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: All is well.
0: It's a beautiful yep. thing.
3: All is indeed, yeah. Much rather have it, you know. Yeah. Uh, the long run is always better than the short. Run. True. But, you know, it's, it's a thing. Look, I mean, we're we're in this place where, you know, Murphy's Law loves radio. You know, yeah. Anything that can go wrong will happily go wrong during the show, and the show must go on. So there is that thing. And, and you know, we do have that sense of uh, perfectionism, whether it's perfect or not, isn't even relevant. It's that we know that, you know, whatever gets thrown at us in these two hours, you know, we're here to do a job. But it's more like a purpose, really, mm-hmm. a life purpose for us you know, because we're passionate about it. Uh-huh. So with that, you want to do well. But there's also a union, you know. It's, it's like night out with the boys. Yeah. It is something that is great. Yeah, but if it gets taken away for whatever reason that whole week is not the same <laughs> you sure. know what i mean uh-huh. so yeah so i i know exactly how he feels about
0: it yeah
3: you know but it's a thing and and part of it is this is something that we're both very passionate about you know we really want to do well you know uh at least in our uh, according to our own standards of what well is uh-huh. you know People could say, oh, yeah, these guys think they're doing great, but they suck. But that's what other people think. It's, you know, it's up to us. This is this is an important thing, you know. Absolutely. Us. And you do it well. Oh, thank you. So you do your stuff well, too. You know, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, you know, because of that. Look, I've been I've been married for 32 years. You know, that's I, I feel safe enough in that role where I can. I can make mistakes, you know, not like, not horrid ones, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm faithful to my wife, (laughs) you know, so I'm not going to make silly or, or major mistakes like that, but I feel that I don't feel the same pressure to do well in that situation because it's just, you know, it's a much longer term thing than the two hours that we have on Monday Tuesday and Thursday, you know, to get this done and get this done well. So the and because it's a it's a passion thing. I'm passionate about my wife too, but you know she's known me long enough where you know I think she accepts me by now.
0: (laughs) You would hope, anyway, right?
3: Yeah. So so that strive to perfection is not quite the same, you know. Of course, I'm going to be good to her. You know, that's just how it is. That's built in and woven in. But I, I, I'm not going to beat myself up the same way about saying something stupid in front of my wife as I will to doing something stupid in the course of a, a show. You know what I mean? It, it's just a different element. You know, I, I do uh, hypnotherapy for people that are concerned about job performance, you know. That, that was a you know outside of the past life regression stuff that, that was always one of my uh, one of my more popular items job performance and <laughs> that's kind of along the lines of what you do right um, I've got a unique question for you because okay. I was in sales for a long time all right and you know in your bio there's a lot of stuff about including the the book that was written by three people not you that you take seriously which is what I don't have in front of me stop selling,
1: uh, stop selling start, start
3: leading start leading yeah <clears throat> I was always a quiet leader as a salesperson you know lead by example rather than you know grab people by the reins and say you know I'm going to show you that <laughs> you uh-huh. know I mean try to teach by example. Uh-huh. It's like a passive aggressive thing almost you know but it, as far as sales goes, I had sales jobs, like when I sold cars. I was excited about that. People are making a major purchase, right, this is something they'll have as a cornerstone of their life for at least a few years, right? So you want them to be happy with what you have. That's the attitude I had going into this job. But the car dealership and the way that they sold stuff was like, if they want a red car, sell them a blue one. Mm -hmm. I I didn't get that, you know. (laughs) I understand in order to succeed, you might have to do some soulless things, but it wasn't necessary. If you understand what your client wants, you know, if you can give it to them, give it to them, right? Instead uh-huh. of, you know, regardless of what they want, do what we want you to do is a little different.
1: You know? And that's why car dealerships have such a low <laughs> um What's the word I want? They're seen as so low in buy people.
4: Right. You know,
1: I think it was uh, was it GM when they came out with the Saturn models, where it changed that. It's like, you walk in, here's the price. There's, yeah. there's no haggling. It is what it right. is. Yeah, um, That started to break some of that. But
3: some that whole it.
1: idea of the car industry in general, right. going back to the 70s, but, but was this arrogant jobs. way of being.
3: Well, if you look at a, a corporate structure, let's say you're selling rubber bands, you know, whatever it is that you're selling, Uh Uh, there's a difference between a family business and a corporation. Because a corporation is more, at least in my eyes, than a car dealership in that sense where it doesn't matter what they want, you know, here's what we have, make sure they get what we have, forget what they want, here's what we have, you know, family businesses to me were always more passionate about what they had because it was in generations of family line, you know. They always made better bosses, at least to me, uh, better people to work for, because that passion was there.
1: There's the passion, and they're more closely connected to the customer. And I think I I would slightly shift the word corporate to particularly public-traded corporations. Okay. Because now their true customer in the way they, the way a number of them see it is the shareholder, (laughs) not the buyer. But if you look at the ones who are doing the right thing, that rather than worrying about the stock price and engineering backwards, they're doing the right thing for the customer and their stock price is going up because they're doing the right thing and focusing on the person who's really bringing revenue into their company.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's Daniel. A, that's a
1: major shift.
0: Speaking of buying, did you check out our our page yet?
1: I did. I'll be sending you a message. Okay. Awesome.
3: <laughs> what I
1: wanted wasn't there, and I saw your note that you you make them custom, so I I I've custom-made. got to send you the message yeah. of what I'm looking for.
3: Okay. They've got that's a awesome. Chiefs fan rosary, I bet. You know, especially because <laughs> Timmy. I, I
1: have no doubt there will be one, but there's another team for I I can't say it just in case someone is listening. There is a gift. And I'm leaving it at
0: that. Okay. All right. Yeah, that I makes got a cheap rosary in my car. Car rosary. <laughs> I Why do I
3: find that <laughs> so hard to believe, Jim. Made it for myself,
0: and I got an extra, uh, um, extra thing to make another one. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw it on
3: Facebook. That's, you had a, a Seattle Seahawks fan asking specifically it, yeah. for a rosary, and uh, yeah, and it was beautiful. She's I, I love Makes beautiful rosaries. I yeah. Mean, they, it really does. Yeah, what is that company? page? Tim? Yeah, what is that page, Tim? Uh,
0: Roxbury Rosaries on Etsy, and it's on uh, Facebook as well.
3: Roxbury Rosaries. Yep. Okay, so you changed it. It was like J Rocks or something like yeah, it's, that.
0: it's right? Roxbury Rosaries now. Roxbury or uh, Roxbury Rosary. Creations. Sorry about and,
3: that. And and is like B U R Y, not B E R R Y, right? Right.
0: Just making sure, and it's R O
3: X, but yeah. you know, Roxbury berry
0: creations.
3: Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's why he has great understanding for the the dead berry is part of his last name. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah,
3: literally, huh? Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, I thought, yeah.
0: All right.
3: but but uh, you know, back to the because you know, I was always torn about that because you know, I was been in a lot of sales positions. I can do that very well but under certain circumstances, you know, and I used to have to help people, you know, uh, uh, make resumes and that was, and I used to do that really just for the hell of it, you know, because, uh, uh, for some reason I seem to excel at, at at resumes and helping people understand job interviews. I even taught the schizophrenics, you know, how to do a job interview. Well, I, I, I did this thing one year where I went to 13 different job interviews, even though I had two jobs already, just to test myself. And I got offered every single uh, job that I went into an interview for, because I mastered the art of interviewing. And what that is, is you try to understand what the mission statement of the company is, or, uh, you know, not just that you're there to sell hamburgers or whatever it is you selling but why you know Uh why what is the thing that impassions your bosses you know what what is their mission statement what are they representing in their sales so you can uh, be unified with that and bring it up and, and succeed in that scale but when you have bosses or companies that have no passion for their customers Just they want to make money. And that's probably the majority of bosses you're going to end up having in a sales business. You know, that that could be a cold generalization, but it's one nonetheless. You know, so how do you help people uh, in that? Because marketing is a lot of your background before coming into hypnotherapy.
1: The biggest thing I do with, with clients there is... Unfortunately there are those people out there as you described in sales managerial positions and what i find it that no matter what that person even though they are driven by money rather than by service the sales rep who who makes their numbers through whether they make it through service or whether they make it by just knocking on doors every day mm-hmm. as long as they're hitting their numbers doesn't matter how they get there mm-hmm. so when I'm working with a sales rep, we're really working on their sense of deservedness that they can win because that other person is beating them down. you got to do it my way. Well, that's not your way. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that everybody does it the same way. It was one of my biggest frustrations when I was in sales. Um, and then once they get their sense of what works for them, <clears throat> getting out of the way of the limiting stories in their head of, well, I can't sell anything. Nobody's out here buying this. Yes, they are because you have competitors. So what are your competitors doing and how do you shift in to take the business from them? The hardest thing hardest thing I ever had to communicate to business owners, and strangely enough, they were all family-owned businesses, hmm. that at each one of them, <clears throat> of the last three I worked at before I just walked away from the industry completely, they had this um, sense that they the client should just work with us because of who we are and we are so grand and wonderful. Oh, okay. You're, you know, you're great people, but what value are you bringing to the client? Mm -hmm. And then when they, when the client would put the job in, there was this sense of the client was somehow beholden to them. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. You need to be, you need to be focused on this person and making their life easier Mm -hmm. because, If their regular supplier is out there and doing a better job than you are, they have no reason to move the business. You have got to make it easier for them to deal with you. Then numbers go out of the way. The first decision is always based on a number. It stays there because you make their life easier. And then you can charge more once you get balanced out. So stop looking at the numbers. Look at building the relationship and then carry the relationship forward. I built relationships.
3: Yeah, and relationships are everything. But you touched on something there, without saying it out loud, that I want to go back to. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen, look, I've been uh, alive for a long time. I've seen uh, just uh, in this country a sense of uh, pride and productivity uh, that was around, you know, several years ago and it seems like there's more of a false sense of self-entitlement now. You know, you mentioned these these family-run businesses who seem to be running on their history. Now, throughout the years, we worked hard to establish our place in the world, but now that we've earned it, it should continue to come to us. So, you know, we should just expect it on the backs of what we did 30 years ago rather than now, but these are different times. These are very different times. It used to matter if you had 10 years with the same company or not. Now that doesn't matter anymore. I look at a lot of people that don't believe that they're in any kind of situation where there's any hope that, you know, uh, they'll do better than their kids will or than their parents will, even more importantly. So why even try? There is this. And, and the defense mechanisms come out and it becomes entitlement. Well, I'm, I'm not going to work unless somebody pays me $17 an hour to flip a burger. Well, how many years have you flipped the burger? Well, that doesn't matter. It's me flipping the burger. Right. You know, uh-huh. so so there is this. And, and so why do you feel that way? You know, but, but this uh, false sense of entitlement, you know, whether people are conscious of it or not. There, it's more out there than it was, say, 40 years ago. The game has completely changed to what it was when I was uh, young and, you know, out there carrying my own weight. Uh, But it's different now. The expectations, the hopes, all that has changed. Let's look
1: at it a little differently. Let's put a different shift on it, if we can. Just, just as an idea. Yeah. So that person who's looking for seventeen dollars, whether whether $17 is a realistic number or not, just let's just look at it just on the idea. Mm-hmm. When each of us, all three of us here in this conversation, or even your listeners, when we went out to look for a job, did we look for the job that would pay us the highest number we could earn?
3: Well, it depends it on our mean, when
1: yeah. When we had a choice. When we had a choice, we tended to default toward the one.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Just because that person wants $15 to $17 an hour doesn't mean the market will bear it. So there is there is a reality there that it may not.
4: Mm.
1: But where I think this is coming from more and more, and it was a really interesting shift that I became aware of about a year ago, and it, it tends to be told as the millennials are entitled, <laughs> but think about what they saw growing up. And, and it puts a very different perspective that, you know, they want to work a certain number of hours, they want to do this, they want to do that, and then they, they just leave.
0: They, want they the leave the money company right and away. they go somewhere yeah.
1: else. They have a reason. They watch their parents and their grandparents get downsized. Those grandparents and parents who worked 20, 30 years at a job because you, you gave your life to the corporation. And then mm-hmm. the corporation turned around and made the made the arm gesture and said, thank you so much. Here, have this wonderful watch. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you haven't been here long enough. Oh, I, we hope you have some savings. They learned growing up the company doesn't have their back.
4: Mm-hmm. So
1: why would they go into a situation where they are giving over their life's blood to this organization that is just there for them? They're just there to fill uh, be a gear in the wheel for some period of time until the company no longer needs them. I am compl- I have completely. I am completely have their back in that belief. The company no longer mm-hmm. takes care of the person. Mm-hmm. So, when the when that millennial, I'll, I'll air quote that, just because it's a term, when that person works for the company, they gather whatever experience. If the company is no longer giving them something back that helps them further their career. I'm moving on to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am yeah. not I am not going to be less than just because you're telling me, oh, but we really need you. you do such a great job and here's an extra 50 cents or a dollar an hour. Mm-hmm. No. no no, no no no, that is not helping me get ahead. So the the ones that are out there that look at the real look at where mm-hmm. costs have gone, inflation has gone in the US mm-hmm. and the reality that unless you're living in probably the Midwest, Fifteen dollars an hour ain't getting you very far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to set that threshold where I can live and have a life, rather than just going out and flipping a burger for ten bucks or, or eight bucks or I don't even know what I don't even know what uh, minimum wage is now. I'm going to set that bar for myself, saying that I am going to flip that burger for seventeen. I'm going to flip the best burger you've ever had for seventeen.
0: Mm-hmm. Somebody
1: might be willing to pay me to do it if, if
0: they get the
3: order right. If so I win. Yeah, what's that? But, but you're the passionate thing. about flipping that burger for seventeen. I mean, the, I therein lies passionate. the difference. And I'm I'm not. When in my question, I'm not trying to pid- pigeonhole people of certain age groups uh-huh. either, because it's it's uh, way beyond that. <laughs> you know, it's it's not just to to one age range. Say, sure. that same dream has kind of died down in a lot of people yeah
0: they want that 15 17 dollars an hour but half the time they can't get your order right, <laughs> right. yeah well
3: that's the thing they Those just the want because they throw because the they money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see it's not yeah i want that 17 dollars an hour but i'm going to make them the best burger they ever had which it, it should be it's i want that 17 dollars an hour but because it's me because I'm not gaming for that seventeen dollars an hour. I'm you flipping going, a burger. I was just
1: saying, if I paid them thirty-four an hour, I would get my order right.
4: True. Yeah, yeah It would remember
1: to, to leave the mayonnaise off.
3: Sure, right.
0: Sure. Or, or, or they would get you would get the pancakes when you order a big breakfast from McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but I think employers have an awesome expectation <laughs> too, because they assume they'll get people like uh, your example. Well, yeah, I'll I'll make seventeen dollars an hour, but I'll get them the best burger to ever had. That's the kind of people that they're expecting, and the workers expecting just to get that subject because it's them. <laughs> Nothing to do with how how hard they're going to work for that money. Just that it's them that they're off the couch, so they could you know get that reward anyway. All this law of attraction stuff. If you just sit there and imagine it's already happened, it's already happened. You know they're raised on all this. I don't have to do any of the work. You know. Like because their whole work. day with social media and computers is what I want when I want. That's how people are used to operating.
0: it's well, like kids when they, the millennials when they come out of college, they want that big money right away. It don't work that way, you know. They got to get out there and start at the bottom.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's not that incentive anymore. You know, back right. back at, you know 30 years ago, you got a college and started at the bottom, you knew there was a realistic vision right. that somewhere down the line you'd finally make it, you know? You'd earn your way to that place. And once you're at that place, then the whole world comes calling, you know? And it's not because you're sitting on your laurels just because you've made it there. It's because you earned your way up and it's in your blood to stay there. And yeah, they got to pay their dues, man. Work, You know? But employers are expecting back. people to be impassioned about what they do And it's much harder to find people like that. I was in the hospitality industry for years. It's hard to find good help, you know, anywhere, really. Uh, And so I'm thinking, you know, if people are are concerned about job performance issues, you know, that they should be impassioned. They used to be, not no more. Well, but they could be, you know, the, the only thing not making that happen is that that false sense of entitlement that's not a specific age range to me Mom it's I, all age ranges now Mom and I because,
0: went to, Mom and I went to Home Depot today I says, I walked in and says is anybody working today <laughs> Right? It's like nobody yeah. around Yeah. Well, you I, are it's I,
1: called the self checkout.
3: Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. See, I, I I come from I was the first one at any job that I'd be the first one approaching people as they walked in. There. People don't want to be approached now. No, they they don't. want they want to look at what they had for lunch on Facebook and what all their friends had for lunch on Facebook. They don't want me in their face. saying, can I help you?
0: Yeah, they don't. It's do like that, no, man.
3: get the hell away from my face, dude. You know.
0: <laughs> I used to have to ask paper or plastic when I'm bagging when I was bagging groceries. They don't even ask yeah. anymore.
3: Well, you don't always have a choice anymore. You know, yeah, it depends on you know who's uh, conscientious about the environment. That right. will have one or the other. Or neither you know or you have to bring your own here I have to carry my own (laughs) yeah I'm a bad Californian
1: they can give me a bag
3: right I'm okay with that I'll pay 10 cents right right. yeah yeah it's uh, you know it's not like I'm gonna bring a bag from my own home so I can be more polite to the shopping people (laughs) nothing to do with me or my life you know uh yeah, I'd rather pay for a bag than have or to take you your know, own. remember to carry a bag with me everywhere I go, so I can be, you know, just a, uh, uh, yeah, a better customer. I'm paying to be a customer. I'm not getting paid to be a customer. <laughs> you know, that's different, man.
0: That way well, you and, can put yeah. all your meat with the meat and all your frozen items with your frozen items. You know, you don't get one yeah. item per bag. <laughs> you know, when yeah. they bag up yeah. for you. you know? so, yeah. But,
3: you know, I, I remember just this whole World War II thing where people were just uh, kind of forced to, to give to their country, yeah. you know. It became something that everybody wanted to do. I mean, Vietnam where you're drafted, you know, it wasn't your choice. You know, they had this lottery and they'd call a certain birthday. You know every single day there'd be a different birthday. So whoever was born on November seventeenth, that's between this age and this age has to go in now. <coughs> and we've gotten so far removed from that system and the importance of productivity that that's just not inbred in us now, you know
4: so we
3: don't any. And there's yeah, like, you know exactly. why, why the hell even care? That's kind of the 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 common thinking because the employers, don't care. So why should you? Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but there has to be a, a way under those uh, guides uh, now uh, to want to make a difference, to to want to contribute, to want to be that person, <coughs> which says you you pay me what you pay me, but I'll do the best that you've ever had. You know, to have that kind of passion again. Is there a way to instill that? Uh, through hypnotherapy? Or, or do you have to really encourage people to to be that?
1: For somebody to have that kind of passion, they need to know what they're passionate about first. Mm. And it's not just the person who says, I want," I expect $17 for flipping a burger if they have no passion. They, they're just looking for Money. A, a transaction for pers- performing a job. <laughs> they're not going to last in that position or any other because they have no passion for it. It's it's about getting back to that that calling in your soul of what are you really here to do in this life and what do you love doing? Strangely enough, if we look back at when we were three, four, five years old, there's probably a really good idea of what that thing is before we got pulled on our other paths. But that's where the passion comes in that makes the difference. You, you guys and all your listeners have probably heard the thing of, you know, don't chase money, do the thing you love and the money will come.
4: Right.
1: And it's so true. Like, if and very, in, from an energetic perspective, the language of I'm chasing the money, well, you're going to keep chasing the money because you will not catch it mm-hmm. because you are thinking I am chasing it. So yeah. it won't be there. Yeah. Um, but if or I do what I love, enough. the money will come.
0: And it's I don't, don't feel like a job. It's just.
4: Like, yeah, you know. it
1: doesn't feel like a job when you do what you what you enjoy doing.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, going back to where we started the conversation three years ago, I moved to California with my wife. I had to close down my business in Florida when I moved here. When when I arrived in the Los Angeles area, I knew three people in this state.
4: Mm-hmm. My
1: wife, her mother, and her brother. I have built this business and my awareness from scratch in three and a half years because I love what I do mm-hmm. and when people meet me they they sense it that I am very passionate right. about this and, and passionate about affecting change in the world and it just happens
0: yeah. that's why we love having you on a show we love talking to you because you just have that energy about you Daniel that mm-hmm. just radiates and it, it's a wonderful thing
1: mm-hmm. uh, let's yeah. give some of that to your let's give some of that to your <laughs> listeners yeah.
0: Yeah. Like how, yeah. how can they tap
1: into this for themselves? With mm-hmm. What can they do? Let's, let's, I'd, I'd love to give them some tips on how to align coming into mm-hmm. 2020 so that they can move forward and really make 2020 the best year of their life. All right. mm-hmm. And yeah. the first one is get really clear on what you want.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that's not I want to be rich. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. What does I want to be rich mean to you? What does I want a relationship? What kind of relationship, with a man or a woman? What is it? You know, and how do you want that person to treat you? How will you know it to be successful? It's not just I want to be with somebody. Well, you could be with somebody who beats you. All
4: right. That mm-hmm. would
1: fit the definition. So, what specifically? And then, how are you going to feel? Like what? By when do you want it? Do you want it in the middle of the year? By the end of the year? Put the put the hard date June thirty first. 2020, December 31st, 2020, whatever, whatever date you want to achieve it by. And then how are you, imagine having it and how are you going to feel Connect into the emotion is we don't manifest by thinking about it. We manifest from the emotion. You have to be there on the emotional level of how wonderful and grand and happy, joyful, successful you'll feel and let that soak in and and meditate on that. Meditate on that feeling. Get a really clear picture of it. Um, Highly suggest doing a vision board so that you have a visual that uh, you can continually remind yourself and put those emotional words on that vision board. Be sure to word it in the positive like we talked earlier. It's not, I don't want to be in debt at the end of 2020. No, I want to be financially secure and abundant. I want to be financially free. Whatever your words are, by whatever that date is. And again, how are you going to feel? How's, how's it going to feel to have the pressure of that debt off your back? How much taller are you going to stand? Because that's what's going to get you through those months where I'm not sure that I can quite mix the, make the extra payment this month, but you know what? I'll drive by Starbucks three days this week so I can have that extra $20, 30 to put against that bill, you know, the, the, short-term, the short-term payoff versus the long-term goal. We we tend to get into that immediate gratification because we have that. Just bringing it all together now, that sense of entitlement. The I want it now, and I'm mortgaging my future in some way, shape, or form, rather than I'll forego, and I'm going to get where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are all key things. How do you how do you manifest your life? So what Iris and I talk about in both books. What are those steps? And the first one is to get really clear on what you want. Mm-hmm. And start taking action toward it. Mm. Decide, decide what it is that will get you there. And um, the gentleman who wrote the book that changed my life five years ago, Isaiah Hankel, he makes it a point in talk in one of one of the seminars of his that I went to. Um, it's like we really, as human beings, we underestimate our ability to achieve our goals. And maybe we set a flag on the horizon for five years and say that's my, that's where I want to be in five years. But when we get really clear on what that flag is and what that goal is, and we start taking intentional focused action toward it, we will get there in three or three and a half. Because now I'm not diverting, you know, I really need a break today. I'm going to go watch, I'm going to go look at cat videos on Facebook for the next 40 (laughs) minutes because I need to decompress. But now I got 40 minutes. What am I going to do? Am I going to take a break or am I going to put 40 minutes into doing my thing to build me forward? I still have the choice if I want to go look at cat videos. I can, but I know now that it is not necessarily taking me toward my goal. So I'm going to, I may make a different choice, or maybe I make a, a 10 minute, 30 minute choice. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. hmm. in, in the, all that vein, I'm going to ask you something that ties the practice, the hypnotherapy practice into all this. Five yeah, minutes. Um, uh, and yeah, we've got five minutes left. So like, I'm going to ask you for a short answer, but uh, modeling. I don't know if that's Ericsonian, Erickson, but modeling, you know, you envision if you have a passion for something, uh, who's the most successful at this hobby or at this uh, prospective job, you know, that in your eyes or your heart is most successful and pay attention to them, emulate them, their characteristics, especially the ones that you admire about them are the most successful at this field. It's called modeling. Your thoughts on that? Absolutely,
1: modeling is big. Modeling is a huge part of NLP, which was which comes from Erickson Erickson's work. Um, the other thing that I that I'll do with people, it's really similar but a slightly different wrinkle on modeling, is meditate and imagine you're talking to your successful future self. Oh. And then what do you notice about that person? How does that person walk into a room? How do they carry themselves? And if you walk up to them and say, "How did you get here? What, what's, what advice do you have for me?" They will tell you, "What's, what's the first step I should take? Um, you should stop drinking Starbucks every morning and you should learn how to make coffee. <laughs> Whatever that I use that, it's a joke. If any of my students are listening, they, they hear that when I teach. Um, but you, all the answers are inside, are inside of us. We just aren't tuned in because we don't, we tend to learn not to honor our instincts and our intuition, so we disavow those those answers that are already there as part of us, and when we tune back in, they are all there. That successful future you is you that already exists once you start on the path toward making them happen.
3: And if you're making your own con- coffee, you can make it as grande as you want. You know, Absolutely. Grandes are a really little, you know, tiny things. Yeah, I know too. Uh, where can that person find you uh, if they want to, uh, you know, see you for whatever reason? Uh, yeah, easiest Pedro way to find me.
1: Easiest way to find me is on the web at uh, www.danielalexa.com, and they can reach me through email or phone. There, we can get a, a mess. We can get uh, a session set up. I do work long distance through Zoom, or and we can look at either hypnotherapy or coaching to help them get their goals
3: and they can zoom 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 zoom, zoom speed of thing <laughs> yeah i'm old enough to remember that Timmy, i'm gonna answer to you
0: how uh, we gotta go uh thursday uh dave the mystic uh is going to join us dave barnett he's an energy healer intuitive over 35 years we're going to be talking about um um the Akashic record and uh wow. entity clearing and karma right. burnings so uh, it's going to be great
3: you know, that good mystic stuff. And, and, and,
0: and discerning spiritual gifts, and we're going to touch on that as well. So.
3: Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a show here on Mondays, and i got somebody coming up. I don't have in front of me, but uh, it'll be good, whoever it is. So join, join yes. me on Connors kind of Beyond the Veil on Mondays from 7 to 9 on this network, and on UPRN uh, Saturdays 1 to 3, and live Mondays 1 to 3 p.m. Central. Uh, Timmy back and, here, here. Uh,
0: and we're on eprntalkradio.com from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays.
3: Yep, and 3 to 5 Central Time to translate for all you Central Timers out there.
0: <laughs> thank you, Daniel. Good night, everybody. Have a great weekend. Yeah. And uh, don't forget Thursday with uh, Dave the Mystic. Uh,
3: Dave the guest. Mystic. And meanwhile, yes. Daniel Alexa, our honored guest tonight, we thank you, brother. Great to see you again and hear from you again. And spend a lot of time with you. Enjoy your holidays
1: and happy new year.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Happy new decade coming.
0: Good night, everybody. We'll be ready.
3: Good night.